Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Port Salt. This is your host, Alan. I am here at Relentless MMA once again. I have Landon George with me here tonight. And we're just going to take a little more in-depth view of Muay Thai. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his journey on how he got into Muay Thai and into combat sports. So, Landon, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? Where'd you come up from? Yeah, man, I came from uh, Aberdeen, Mississippi originally. I've been moving around not too much, but overall I spent most of my time around Amory, Mississippi, Columbus. You know, just the general you know area where mm-hmm. I've always lived. Okay. All right, and so... Um, Military background. Yeah. And so how did uh, you make that transition out of high school immediately, or was that something that just kind of after college, or what was that like? Uh, um, I never did college. I never thought I was really smart enough to do college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, as it was always a thing growing up with me because my dad, was a, he was a Marine, and my grandfather, he was in the Army, and they, okay. you know, they both were like either uh, – my grandfather was mortarman, and he served in the Korean War, whereas my dad – he was more like a Vietnam era Marine. He okay. didn't really go to war or anything, but mm-hmm. I looked up to that and I was like, man, I've got boots to fill, so right. I'm, I'm going to do it. So as soon as I got out of high school, I actually joined the debt program uh, during high school. So I made my decision as soon as the opportunity presented itself. Okay. And then it, maybe about like a few months after high school, I had a lot of people try to talk me out of it, saying, like, you, you don't know what you want. You make a mistake. <laughs> they were just like, you don't know what you want. You're a dumb kid. I was like, I know what I want. I, I've got, I got some boots to fill. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make my dad and my mom proud. So okay. that's, that's the route I went. All right. And so how long was the uh, your service for you? Uh, are, you are you still in? Nah, I'm out now. Uh, I've been thinking about going reserves. I was in for four years uh, okay. in the infantry. I was an 0352 anti-tank missileman. Okay. I was with a, a CAT unit, which they drive around in trucks all the time. CAT stands for Combined Anti-Armor Team. So it's we either go looking out for tanks or we are the forward observers, so we we usually go in front of the uh, the main effort. You okay. know, all the guys on the ground. Spent some time overseas. Oh uh, yeah, I went to Australia and Canes, Brisbane. Then I went to I also went to Japan on my first deployment. I went to Nagasaki, Sasebo. Uh, I went to Tokyo and Mount Fuji too, man. It was an, it was it was a time. Dope. Let's uh let's save those stories for after a while. <laughs> and so when did martial arts and Muay Thai, when did all that begin to be something that you were interested in? Uh, I got interested in it around the seventh, around freshman year, because uh, okay. I got bullied really bad. I was like two, 220-ish, 225 as a 16-year-old, 15-year-old kid, okay. and a lot of people Heavy picked set. Me. Yeah, I was a super chubby kid, and I was like one of those really goofy kids that I love talking to people and hanging out with them, and I was like that, it, you know, it wouldn't matter what you would do. You couldn't run over me, and mm-hmm. I would still be your friend. And um, I don't know. Uh, I had enough of it one day. I got picked on a lot. And one day I just kind of cracked. Some mm-hmm. kid came up to me and he hit me in the face. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was just scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of my buddies came up to me. Still to this day, me and him both train. He does Taekwondo. And he's like, you should do a Tung Sudo class. I was like, what? 
Kata's Tung Su Do. Mm-hmm. I went up there and I thought it was super stupid and I thought all his katas didn't work. I'm not I'm not trying to say that none of that not stuff. Not bashing it. I'm not bashing it all. There are people that I know that still do it and they're really good at it. But at the end of the class, I wasn't satisfied. Okay. And then later on that day, as soon as the class was over, he's like, you should stay because I know this guy after class that runs an MMA program and he does jujitsu, kickboxing, and uh, boxing. I don't think I can do that. Mm-hmm. And he he slowly talked me into it day in, day out. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So the first person I met was Jeff Chambers, who goes over to UFM over in Tupelo, still trains. Okay. And he was the first person that approached me. And I, I, I looked to him as, like, one of my dads. And also Juice Madrid, he runs his own camp as well, or sh- uh, school, shall I say, over in Amory called Showdown. Okay. Uh, but those two guys were like, they were just my dads. I looked up to those guys more than anybody, and they mentored me on grappling, striking, and just the mindset of a fighter, and they slowly built my confidence up to where I didn't care. And so this was going on during middle school, high school. Yes. You were already working at this. Mm-hmm. And already knowing that you were going to be in the Marines. Exactly. They, I told them day in and day out as well. I was like, what do you want to do when you grow up? You should be a fighter. Nah, man, I'm be a Marine. Okay. That's cool. Well, that's interesting how it came full circle, and you're kind of back at it. Yeah, the reason why I kind of got back in it, now in the Marine Corps, I had an off time. I had a time where I was just like, martial arts is stupid. I'm just going to go out and kill people. You know what? Why use martial arts when I shoot them? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, I like to use his hands. I like that. These are my weapons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it got down to where we had, uh, you have to do McMap. And uh, McMap is Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Pfft. I know martial arts. Yeah. I'm ahead of the game here. Yeah. And I had somebody that had done it during the Marine Corps as well, and he just laid a sl- schlobber knocker on me. He just <laughs> whooped me. I was like, man, i got to get back in this. Yeah. So I actually found the gym that I fell in love with by complete accident. It was a grace of God that okay. I found that. Okay. Because I was like, I'm going to go get me a pair of boxing gloves, and I'm going to go hit the bag. I looked on Google, and uh, it said, yeah, there, there's this fight shop right here in Huntington Beach. Cool, I'm going to go there. Yeah. But instead, it took me to Carlsbad because I, I must have accidentally pressed the wrong thing or it might have changed the directions on me. Okay. So it turns out it was Carlsbad kickboxing, and those guys had, like, the just they had such a great school. Everybody's super inviting. I, I put, I dedicated so much of my time and energy just to those people. Mm-hmm. And it definitely showed in my game because I went in there thinking that I knew how to fight. And the head coach, Rolando, he, he was like one of my best friends. He still is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. He's just this tall, really happy dude. And he just, he, he, fought in, he fought in a lion fight. Most of those guys that trained over there, they've been in a lion fight. They've done PKBs for like... Okay, what, he, what's lion fight? What okay, is that? Okay, lion fight is a, it's a Muay Thai kickboxing kind of like venue, I guess. But that's where, if you want to go pro, or I think they hold some amateur fights as well during the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But that's ultimately, if you're in SoCal or anywhere on the West Coast, you want to go to Lion Fight. Okay. That's that's kind of like the golden stupor where you want to go. Okay. Uh, so Huntington Beach, was that kind of where you were stationed here in the stage for a time? I was kind of like in the middle of between L.A. and San Diego at Camp Pendleton, California. Oh. So Huntington Beach was only maybe an hour away. So it was pretty close. Okay. And so how old were you when all that was coming out, or when you were doing all that? I was maybe bridging 20 at that time. Okay. I was probably 19 still. Okay. All right. Uh, So you were 
you just a year or two <laughs> into your service. Yeah, I was. I literally, as soon as we got back from our first deployment, I got super bored and I became the generic Marine, mm-hmm. where it's just like, ah, oh, I'm going to drink on the weekends. I'm going to go party mm-hmm. it out in California. Right. Whereas I kind of started seeing the downfall play and that happened. I gained a lot of weight and then I started just hating life. I got just depression plays like it's a it it's a salty sweet thing where it, it sucks mm-hmm. but it gets you motivated once you find them something it can bring you out of that hole and make you feel that uh, that life high and life high for me I've only had that a very few amount of times Muay Thai has always been there for me like martial arts has always been there for me okay and to bring me out of that hole all right. And so the service is done. You're making your way back home to the Aberdeen, Amory, Columbus area. How did you get here? Me and Jake knew each other way back from, um, I would say, around eight years ago. Back when I was training at AMMA in Amory with Jeff Juice, Cal, and all them. Right. I came up to, they invited us to, to go to a gym. At this time, I think Relentless was over at a, at a gymnastics gym. It was still growing, and all the guys that, you know, I was just a young kid, and I was like, who are all these guys? Yeah. And uh, I met Jake. Jake was, you know, head coach there, and I looked up to Jake and Canyon because they were bros, and I was like, man, I like these guys. They're super nice to me, and mm-hmm. they definitely know what they're talking about. And so, like, you know, life kind of carried on. Me and Jake kept in touch throughout the Marine Corps. Whenever I came back from uh, leave a couple times, I was like, man, Relentless is really growing. Jake is, you know... He's had a, you know, he's he's made a journey, mm-hmm. and he's really set a name for Relentless. And especially like I would get texts on my phone and posts on my phone like, "Hey, Relentless is doing this." And I'm like, "Hey, they got a they got a brand new gym. Look at that place." Yeah. So that, even, was, that was one of the things about this place that it really captivated me was I had been gone for six years. Yeah. I, I'm from this area. I moved down to Mobile, and I moved back, and a couple of friends just kind of pointed out there was like. I know you like this kind of story. Check out Relentless. Yeah. You're going to dig this. Because I always like it when someone is just extremely passionate and they are just busting their butt to do whatever it is that they can do to make that dream work. Exactly. And I was over in California and I saw every bit of it happen just through my phone. Yeah. And that's not a lot of people can do that. He got his name out and it just. It took hold. Everybody liked it. And I don't, you know, I don't blame them because we have a, you know, a program so just, and we have, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's not even in words right now in my mouth, but uh, I believe we have so many people here that are so dedicated to the sport that we love. Like me, I love Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing you can do or say or pay me to make me not love it. If I had a million dollars, and Jake often says this, you know, from time to time, if you had a million dollars, would you still do what you love? And I, I can say with no doubt. I was like, what else am I gonna do with my time? Yeah, like, I love doing what I do. Yeah, and just getting here a little bit early, getting to see uh, the kids were doing jujitsu earlier, right? Right. And just kind of give you guys a feel uh, for relentless here. It was I got here. It was a little bit before five. The kids were getting ready. I think class starts at five fifteen. Right. And uh, today they were going over side mount on the ground. And I don't have any experience in this game. And the way these guys were breaking it down, it was it was Richie and yeah. Richie and Jake for this one. You were you were the example in Muay Thai. Yeah. Jake was on his back. 
Richie's up on top, and he's like, side mount's the absolute worst. This is not the position I want to be in. I didn't know that. I thought somebody having full mount would be absolute worst. You have your options whenever it comes to full mount. I mean, whenever, you know, I'm not going to explain it right now, but whenever you have somebody full mount, it's just these small positions. Like full mount, you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of options to get them off you. Yeah, and that, and that was the first thing. He, like, blew that myth wide open for me. I was like, well... <laughs> And then he got to thinking about side mount, and I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's a lot harder to get somebody off of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way we explain it, man, is just, it's kind of breaking it down Barney style. I've never, I haven't used that term out of the Marine Corps yet, but we use it all the time. We break stuff down Barney style to where anybody who even watches, they're like, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. It makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so just seeing... Richie and Jake kind of go through the rhythm and kind of teaching the kids, and then like I come back in, we're in the movie tie, and I mean just playing the UFC games and watching fights. So you think you have some kind of concept for the clinch? Cause outside looking in, it doesn't look that hard. Just get your hands around the back of that guy's neck and bring him in tight. Exactly. Nah, it wasn't that so much because I'm thinking I probably would have had his head right underneath my chin. Nope. Don't do that. Mm-mm. That's and, the worst. And then also I didn't think about well, like with a wrestler. Well, if he goes way out, good night, Irene. You got a knee coming up high and just say your prayers and go to sleep. That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah, and so like just seeing the technicalities of it all. Yeah, um, man, they, they all play a very important role. Is Whenever we tell somebody, we forget like minute details sometimes, but most of the time we will tell you the repercussions of if you do it this way, mm-hmm. this can happen. If you do it this way, our way. We've done it enough times to know that hey, this this works. this actually works. All right, so we're gonna keep doing it this way. All right, so there's thousands of ways to skin a cat. Okay, mm-hmm. especially with martial arts, there's always something new coming up. Muay Thai, you know, it kind of has its, you know, it kind of has its standstill. So especially with clinch, you know, I don't know everything about the clinch. Mm-hmm. I know the basics, mm-hmm. and I believe that the basics win wars. So if you if you learn these little little things like don't keep his head under your chin, you get headbutted. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it <laughs> it's almost as if like don't do something stupid. If you do the thing and you do it right and you don't mess it up, it works. Yeah. <laughs> just like with anything else, right? <laughs> and so it's crazy and like I I'm overhearing you like talk to some of the students uh, when you were going over the clinch and you're just like I like to think of it as an L, like when you were grabbing, like you said, you want to be parallel with the chest. Exactly. And I was like, that's good advice. And it's, it's, it's not only that as well, is you can put it in the concepts to where they can really understand. I'll go up to people that, you know, they're, you know, they like rock and I'll be like, okay, yeah. Well, it's, you know, if you catch the neck in the clinch and you're too low on the head, you know, we can do like the shred fingers, you know, like guitar shred, you know, like work it up high. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, do the spider, you can slowly crawl up the head. Yeah. And they'll grasp that a whole lot easier than just saying, yeah, slide your hand up. Because yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen like that. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting getting in here and seeing you guys work and all that. And so just recently you came back from Jackson. Right. Um, that you had a competition. Tell us a little bit about that competition. What's it called? Uh, it's called a point. Uh, it's called a PKB. So it's like point, uh, points kickboxing. Okay. So uh, you're not there really. It's it's not really supposed to be just like an aggressive, like super beat down thing. Where it's, it's not, you're not dog fighting each other. You're not right. trying to kill each other. You're there to learn. That is your stepping stone to become an amateur. And I believe in Muay Thai, I mean, there are a lot of people that differ from this. Me and Jake really differ on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe 
you should have stepping stones to really build your fight IQ. And I tell everybody that wants to do a PKB, you know, I tell them all the benefits. Well, look at this. Okay, you do shadow boxing. Have you had anybody stand in front of you and actually try to bang with you? No. Have you ever had somebody try to, you know, leg kick you and chop you down? No. All right. Well, what you can do is you can put, you know, you can put a little effort into going to a PKB, getting your body completely conditioned, getting in that fighter's mindset is mm -hmm. probably the one biggest key, the biggest key thing into, you know, just being ready, I guess. I don't even know how to explain it because whenever you go from somebody that just trains to you got to fight, yeah, you have to get in that mindset that I'm about to, you know, I'm about to go head to head against somebody and they're not going to take it easy. Mm hmm Whereas whenever I, whenever I tell them, like, hey, you know, it's just fun. I do sparring for fun, and I, we bang with each other. Yeah. But um, it's a different ball game because, I mean, I, granted, I've had three, yeah, three, four PKBs, and, you know, none of these guys, they never held back. Yeah. Well, they held back on, like, head kicks and knees to the head, which I've never caught in a real, like, crisp knee to the head. Mm -hmm. But whenever they're throwing hands, they don't hold back. Right. Or they're throwing like chest kicks, they don't hold back. Yeah. Whenever they feel that for the first time, we had Mo. Mo is one of my probably the most successful person I've seen. They just he he maybe had like a week or two, maybe a little under a three week period to where he could train to get ready for a PKB. I begged him to go because he had like a small problem with self confidence. I was like, man, you do this, it's going to benefit you with your self confidence, and not only that, it's going to benefit you as a fighter. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn so much just in that like six minute fight mm -hmm. and he comes back to me after the fight he's like I want to do it again next time you do this bring me okay so he went down there with you oh yeah okay and so did he compete as well he did his went to a decision him and his competitor they were kind of around the same experience they had been doing it for maybe a couple of months I think Mo had been doing it for a year but uh, the kid that he was going against he was, he was still good I mean but Mo learned valuable lessons like breathing most keys most key thing whenever you're ever sparring is to not panic, relax, breathe. Mm -hmm. And it's such a easy thing to say, but it's such a hard thing to do. Right. And like now after that, we've been working on that and I'll tell him like, hey, breathe. <sighs> okay. Well, he would breathe and he would know. He learned something insanely valuable, but super simple at the same time. Yeah. And so how many PKBs have you competed in? I've competed in two, but I've fought in... I fought, yeah, I think it's three. Okay. Yeah, I fought the same guy once, though. I mean, twice. All right, I fought one guy twice, and then I fought two different guys at this last PKB. So I really didn't, I wouldn't see the first one as two fights. I just fought, fought the same guy. Yeah. Second guy, both the guys from Jackson, super talented guys. Like, mm -hmm. they, they're, they're more along boxers than anything. They, have a, they go to a boxing gym. Okay. And so when you go to these PKBs, I mean, these are multiple backgrounds of mixed martial arts represented. So you, you were coming in with a Muay Thai background, and these guys were coming in with a heavy boxing? Yeah, um, they they train for Muay Thai, but they're more of a boxing-oriented gym, and I could kind of see that. I, I did a little recon, a little bit, you know. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. But uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I want to see all these Muay Thai programs going on. And I would look around, and I'm like, okay, he looks like my. Let me see what he does, and you know that in a sense, a fighter's aspect, it's smart, but it's also dumb because if you find that one guy, she's like cracking pads, and he looks super, super sharp, 
it'll put me on edge. It'll make my anxiety go crazy. And by the time the fight comes, I'll be exhausted mentally. Because mm-hmm. I'll be worried about, oh, he's going to he's gonna crack me with a body kick. He's going to crack me with a leg kick. Yeah, so it's almost better if you never saw it at all, it's right? It's always Just best. Just go in if blind. You, exactly. Go in, have the, the biggest thing that a lot of people are, have like a misconception about PKBs is going in there and just having fun. It's kind of like playing football. You're in there to crack some heads, but you're also there to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody gets hurt, in this case, like the first guy that I fought in Jackson, I knocked him out, but I felt so bad about it because I just caught him and I didn't, I, I wasn't disqualified because it was non malicious. I didn't mean to, you know, knock him out per se. Yeah. But I just caught him and he fell. It's kind of how it went down. It, it just happens, man. It's a fight. Yeah. But things happen. I I tell my students some of that, but they kind of understand. It's it, this is the fight. This is a fighting, you know, business, and so it's gonna happen. You know, you get hurt. Yeah. You get back up. You shake it off. Touch gloves and say, "Good fight." Let's go again. Exactly. I would have been down to fight those guys all day. They were they were solid. Their boxing was good. You know, their condition was pretty good. But ultimately, I had I had a lot of fun. And so, just in Muay Thai, how much experience? So, in over the years, have you got now? Traditional Thai? Yes. Two years. Uh, like MMA kind of reserve Thai. We had one guy that was insanely good at it. He he's kind of like pushed back a little bit. He doesn't really do it as much anymore. He's yeah. like really big into weightlifting. But I always followed after him after him as well because he's just so smooth with it. But I never grasped anything he said because he was just like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Altogether, I've been training martial arts around like eight years. So okay. I just started taking it super serious Okay. around maybe two years ago. All right. And so outside of PKB, you fought amateurly as well, right? No. Or, or is it you got one coming down? Yeah. I'm, supposed, I'm trying to find an amateur fight as soon as possible. I feel like I'm ready for that. My conditioning is insanely good. I always have, you know, a lot of options. I keep my mind very open whenever it comes to the game. So, and this is something that I love, and I'm always looking, you know, for a good fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more you fight, the more fight IQ you have, the better fighter you'll become. Right. You know, win, lose, draw, you're always going to come out winning on one end. Yeah. And so just like we're getting ready with Jake's fight and all that and kind of getting in there and being a spar partner or maybe holding the mitts and all that, is that kind of gave you some kind of an insight as far as, like, getting ready for uh, your first amateur? or? Yeah, uh, especially with Jake. Jake really just even hitting mitts with him and just even talking to him sometimes and picking his brain it shows me how wide martial arts is it's just I mean just how it's ever evolving Mm because he can teach me just something super small and he can sit there and say you didn't know that no I had no idea yeah it's just ever evolving and there's so much to it that you can't grasp all of it there's always something new to learn. There's always something, you know, you can work on. Mm-hmm. And Jake is always there to, like, open that door and, like, surprise, there's something new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, man, let's uh, let's move off into different topics. All right. So we were uh, we were talking last week. Right. About uh, tension. Oh, my Lord. And Mayweather. Oh, man. And so months ago, there was this big hype over Mayweather taking this fight, and he was going to take it straight up. Intention is like a kickboxer. Yeah, he's he's honestly one of the most just – he's risen so fast, and the fact that he – I've seen most of his fights, and they're just brutal fights. Yeah. They're so simple and just – but super technical. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why, you know, and without a doubt in my mind, I knew that if Tension 
took Mayweather to kickboxing now. Mayweather's dead. Yeah. That was our thought. Me and Cobb were looking at this, and Cobb was like, I want you to watch this guy's highlights, and Mayweather's going to fight him. And then it was like the next day he texted me. He was like, Mayweather must have watched his films because he's backed out right now. Yeah. And then overnight somehow it was back on again. It's New Year's Eve, but they're going to do boxing with some kind of special rules. And you see Mayweather coming out, <laughs> smile on his face, throwing like punches that he doesn't even mean to land. And then it's like two and a half minutes in, we're we're done. I I didn't know what to think of that fight because it surprised me so bad. I've seen tensions fights, and he was just—he's an animal. He can take kicks to the head. He can take kick. He can take legs to the face and just be you know not mm-hmm. even stunned. But whenever he took just a simple one, like a two. To the jaw, you know, it would, I don't even think it landed clean. He just fell back, and it looked like someone just hit him with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it. And uh, you had the whole time, it looked like uh, Mayweather had this, I just got paid $9 million for three minutes. But right when he stepped into the ring, he had that smile on his face. It's like, this is about to be cake. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's a good mindset to have coming in knowing you're going to win, knowing that, that that is your game. And you're going to own it. I mean, Tension, he's a genius. Kickboxing genius. Now, I don't know how much he really knew about, like, boxing. He was insanely good at boxing. Whenever mm-hmm. I've seen all of his highlights, he's just super quick and just super on the ball. But for me, I just felt like there, there's something off in that fight, you know? I felt like that, too. And when we were talking about it last week, I, yeah. I got to thinking about it. And I was like, you know, he may be on to something. Because <laughs> it, it didn't look like Tension. Tension coming into fights usually looks in, like super focused. Whenever he came in there, he kind of now I don't know Tension, you know, it, it, Japanese man. Yeah, he's over there. I'm over here. But right. then again, from his fights and seeing his just the way that he he carries himself, he didn't carry himself that same way during that fight. He looked scared mm-hmm. and he looked just like he wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was uh, I don't I don't know what happened. If it was just like Mayweather just being in the same ring, he got the best, but he looked like he, like you said, he was just running scared the entire time. Yeah. Editor notes. I do know what happened. And I also know that I have to do these things in a robot voice. Drake was pulling for tension. And here's my reasoning. Khabib versus McGregor. Drake pulled for Connor. Clemson versus Alabama this past season, national championship. Drake pulled for Bama. Toronto Raptors. NBA. Never made the finals. Drake pulls for him. There's something to it. I don't know if he pulled for tension or not, but. That's where we're going. That's the theory. Back to the show. I, I'm not. I'm not in their minds. I can't sit there. I'm not going to be that guy that sits there and says like he did this wrong yeah. and then that wrong. This is what he could have did because I don't know what was yeah. going through his head. I mean, and the fight was so quick. Exactly. It was two and a half minutes. First round. There's not much to analyze. No, there's not. It was like I think Mayweather threw like twelve punches and four of them landed. <laughs> and that that was the whole fight. I don't even think Tension threw a punch. I think he threw like two. No. <laughs> Around like three or four, but they were just like on the arm and just mm-hmm. skimming the body. 
Yeah. Nothing, anything clean. Yeah. And so, like, just seeing, so you know, I, I watch uh, Ozzy Man on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know who I'm talking about? And so, he done the review on that, and I was like, well, he's, he's kind of tip for tat what I was thinking. He's like, well, it happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> there was a fight. Well, yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, it was a beatdown. <laughs> it looked more like a slaughter, but yeah. there wasn't much of a fight back on the other side. Yeah, right. It's kind of like what happened with Clemson and Alabama. Oh, man. <laughs> I Everybody, I was working... I was working during that, and everybody that was, you know, either in the ring or was doing something else, hey, what's the score? Yeah. What's the score? And I would tell them, there's no way. Yeah. Check that computer refresh every two minutes. I'm telling you, brother. <laughs> I am telling you. We kind of got our diverse, well, I say diverse, it's mostly state or Alabama fans at work. Yeah. One Texas fan. And so, me and him were talking uh, before work, we left yesterday. Who you got for the game? And I told him, I was like, I like Clemson. His jaw dropped. He's like, you a Bama boy. <laughs> I said, I like Clemson tonight. Why? I don't know. Got the feeling we're good. <laughs> so I just, yeah. And I don't, I don't know how much you got to saw. You said you were working. And so yeah. Clemson gets the ball first, three and out. Bama gets the ball. Putting together a decent drive. Two of those are pick six. No way. So seven nothing. Clemson. Bama gets the ball back. Insane drive. Hits Judy on a long throw. Yeah. Touchdown. 7-7. Seven, 0-0 seven. Zero, zero again. We're good. Yeah. Clemson drives down, scores. We're okay. We drive down and score. Kicker misses the PAT. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and then it was like just kind of a slow derail. Like the running game for Bama had always seemed to be there. The passing game... Clemson's defense done such a good job of like disguising coverages and changing looks and bringing different packages. Right. And it confused to her. And you could tell, and like it was, it began to be demoralizing. Uh, number eight was a freshman for Clemson. He had the game of his life. Hats off to Clemson for winning that. They beat the dog out of Alabama. But. And that's the one thing I didn't expect. I knew that they were going to play, but I'd, I'm surrounded by people that, you know, they're on that bandwagon train. It's just like, yo, Bama's going to beat them. You know, they're just, they, they've always been number one. They're going to stay number one. I, 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 okay. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, just give it time. Time yeah. will tell. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and just other conversations throughout the week, and like as we were getting ready for the playoffs, it's going to be Bama and Clemson. Who's going to win? They play for a reason. Exactly. If we knew, they wouldn't go out. And we wouldn't watch. Yeah. We'd just say, oh, cool, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, went just went just like the way we said it was going to go. <laughs> Who would have known? But that, I mean, that's why they do it. So, All right, man, well, just outside of sports, what other interests have you got? I mean, what you got going on, man? I saw you in your gi earlier. You had me you had me tripping out. You had the Master Roshi on the front and the King Kai on the back. I did, dude. I'm such – I wouldn't say I'm a complete anime fan because I have some guys that I'll sit there and tell them, I'm an anime fan. Oh, yeah, do you know this? And I'd just be <laughs> so out there. Like, never mind. I'm just into, like, mainstream, I guess. Just yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, One Punch. And they're like, oh, you're, just, you're so lame. <laughs> you're so lame. Other than, like, being... I'm strict Dragon Ball Z fan, by the way. Just I'm super about Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I saw that gee, man. I about <laughs> lost it. I was like... <laughs> Props to you, man. <laughs> man. That's ballsy. That's ballsy, but then again, you're going to see the people that's been watching them, and you're like, 
I, I like that guy. He took a <laughs> he took a jump and he made it. Yeah. Other than that, man, I've always grown up shooting, and I I honestly, that's one thing that has always been passionate to me. Okay. It's, it's been very pricey, but it's also one of, like, one of the funnest things I can I can do for myself. I still get that high from the Marine Corps of okay. doing like cool stuff and shooting and putting that training that they had given me to still somewhat of a use to shooting a target. Uh, even being prepared if like something goes down I can just you know they're like wow look at that operator you know he's been yeah. places yeah alright it's cool man like so just uh, out at the shooting range or out in the backyard man just rifles shotguns pistols you got a preference uh, rifles mostly I never, I've been really training myself more on pistols here lately mm-hmm. because I do concealed carry most of the time out in town I do have my concealed carry license. if anybody just hears this and they're like does he yeah. have his license does he have his license yeah uh, there's always those people man yeah but mostly it's just rifle, because even home invasion, you know, I there I looked at the statistics of that one day. It was like home invasions have came up maybe about twenty percent more each year. Because I don't know. That's but wild. It is super wild. I don't know how much it comes in Mississippi. Yeah. But it's just a fact that matter that if that happens to me one day, I'm just I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna be like, time to roll. Yeah. It's business time. I'm ready. You see these socks? These are business socks. <laughs> and they call them business socks for only one reason. It's business socks. <laughs> that's why the Concords. I don't know if you know that. Mm-mm, I don't. Know um, that. That's a New Zealand uh, comic band. It's a song called Business Time. So-called business time. I recommend it. I might have to look at that, man. <laughs> I'll have to look at that. It. It's also a sport. You know, you ever heard of Three Gun? No, I haven't. Tell me about that. Okay, Three Gun is, they don't really hold them around Mississippi, but you go through these little channels of targets, you know, and these little sets, but you do it with one pistol, one shotgun, one rifle, but one at each station. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a series of targets on one with the pistol and different varies of, like, positions. You can do it either standing, kneeling. You'll have to do these certain types of reloads. Yeah. Then you would have to clear it out, you know, Unload, show, clear. Make sure that the the weapon's not hot anymore. Go to the shotgun, which if if you've shot a shotgun insanely fast or seen somebody shoot a shotgun insanely fast, <laughs> good example. Keanu Reeves. He put out a video right before John Wick Two of him training. He oh does, man, that movie is sick. That's one of my favorites, man. The, the whole John Wick. I can't wait for the third one. Uh, June fifth, twenty nineteen. You got it pegged. <laughs> I got it pegged, man. I, I've always been interested in doing three guns, so I've already got I've already got my weapons. I don't have a lot of ammo yet, so I've been okay. just stockpiling it up a little bit. One of these days, whenever I have enough money to go, I really want to try to compete one day in that and test my luck in it and see how well it'll do. I got you. So where have you got to go to do that? Uh, it a lot of people in Mississippi kind of go to Georgia or it's really big ranges. So like Tarrant Tactical, I think he holds one that's insanely huge. He's got a massive range. It's usually people with the space to do it and the time to do it as well and the money to do it mm-hmm. because it takes a lot of time to set it up and it takes a lot of preparation to get everybody there. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of paperwork. But it's I believe it's one of the most respected upcoming sports other than you know in, outside of the martial arts field. Yeah. But it's really becoming, I guess, well-known where people, they, they see John Wick and they'll be like, oh, how did Keanu Reeves get this good? He did three going with Taron Butler. I didn't know that's what he was doing. I've seen those videos of him working, man. It's insane, dude. Which Keanu in his own right, man. He's just he's killer a, actor. Still, he's a stellar man in general. Yeah. He, he, he riding the subway. He he gives all of his money to charity. Yeah. You know, he just he acts like a normal dude. Yeah. 
And that's what you would expect every actor to be, but now we have that kind of little, like, mirage of, you know, maybe they're good people, but in actuality, you know, most Trash. of them are just awful people, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it goes to your uh, your your superstar athletes or who, exactly. whoever, however. But in like, I think in the sport culture, we don't care who you are outside of the ring or outside of the field as long as you win. Exactly. We don't see how well you are as a person. Like yeah. John Jones, he's, you know, I, I don't know here lately, but I know he got tested positive for coke. I think at one point you can't sit there and tell me that you know you've looked at some actor or martial arts fighter and just sit there and said like oh he's got to be a good person he looks you know he's a very respectable fighter but mm-hmm. you don't know how he is whenever he's at home yeah. behind closed doors he could be a complete you know just ass himself right yeah see I mean you don't know and I've I've always respected that about Keanu on top of like the roles he takes love most of the movies <laughs> that he's in yeah uh, but John Wick I can't tell you which one is my favorite. Maybe the second one, just because I like the car scene at the very beginning. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah kill him in the car. Oh, man, <laughs> just either kill him with a door and he just ramp. I don't, I don't know. That or just he's destroying nice cars. I'm like, man, that's awesome, cool scene. But dang, man, you're just destroying a, cool cars. That's a dope Mustang. <laughs> you destroyed it. <laughs> what are we going to do with you? <laughs> you got to stay away from cars. Stay on foot. That's cool. Ride a horse. Which in the third one, there is a photo of him on a horse in New York City. So that may happen. I believe it is. It's like him and Halle. It was like a few screenshots of him. Like him, Halle Berry was on there. And then it was him on a horse riding throughout New York City. He's got his pistol up. Dude, I can't wait. Because I've seen like some, of the, I've seen some of the screenshots. I gotta go watch some of these trailers. Oh now. man, it's so cool! Just look up on YouTube like Keanu Reeves John Wick three horse scene, and I'll just so, see him like gallop down New York Strip, just like having fun, time of his life. Yeah, right. All right, man. So just for you here at Relentless, as you are making your way into you, you want to fight more. Right. You want to work your way into the ring or into the octagon. And just for these guys here at Relentless as a whole, man, if you can kind of speculate on that. And just anybody that's listening that is just possibly thinking about joining Relentless here. Uh, I would say that everybody here, they start somewhere. Like me, like me, I started out just like a 235, you know, 235-pound kid, and I didn't know what was going to come out of it. I didn't mm-hmm. know I was going to sit there and love this thing with all of my heart. Uh, but what I got out of it is that it changed my life. Absolutely. Whether you're coming in here doing this as a hobby just to be like, hey, let's cut up, boys. All right, let's get to work. All right, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're done. Let's go hang out. Or you're being serious about it and you want to go fight because now everybody is seeing UFC and is like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's what we kind of want to see when you come in here. We've had guys that come in here and say, like, I want to be a fighter. I like that. You know why? Because we make fighters. We make lions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I heard that back in Carlsbad. We make lions. And... I see that as that's that's a cool quote. It really is because I I saw that and it's like you're you're going up in the world and you're learning how to tackle stuff you know and biggest thing to tackle is fighting another competitor who's had almost the same time as you they haven't had the same struggles as you but they've had the same kind of training plan as you mm-hmm. and they've pushed themselves harder than you know possibly you or you pushed harder than they have but it's all about you know what's inside your heart and what you're willing to give in the ring. I believe that. If you want to come in here and you want to strive to be successful and you want to learn, you want to have that discipline to, mm-hmm. you know, stay on a plan and you want to get fit, you want to go somewhere and, you know, you want to go fight, it's all on you. 
It's not, you know, your mom pulling you in, come on, we got to do this, boy. No, it's you saying, I want to get after it, and I want to achieve my goal. Mm -hmm. You'll get what you put in. Exactly. And the more you put in, there's always going to be that one person. And like me, I'm always watching these people. I can tell who wants to be here, and I can tell who wants to be a fighter. Mm -hmm. I can tell, and they don't even have to say it. The guys that come in here, I had one kid named David, uh, and specifically, you know, he didn't even have to ask me that he wanted to compete. I saw it whenever he would hit the bag. He would hit it with everything he had. If Jake said something, he listened to it like it was gospel out of Jesus' mouth. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but, and then just last night, this actually happened like right after I talked to you. He came up to me and said, Hey, man, uh, is it cool if I go to this PKB with you and compete? Like, <laughs> I knew it. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, duh. But, yeah, I called it, and I can see who wants to do it. I can tell who's who's doing it for a hobby. Granted, I'm here to help you with your hobby, and if you've got a goal of being fit, dropping 20, 30 pounds, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, just you. a great story that's come out recently. Exactly. Uh, out of here. And it's 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 so rare that it happens in places like this. But the fact that it, it's all out of Jake's blood, sweat, and tears. You know, all Everything that he deserves, you know, just from this gym, that came out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not sitting there saying that it didn't, it didn't come from other people, but ultimately it came from Jake. Mm-hmm. And that dude's got some of the biggest. He's got the biggest heart that I've seen out of anybody, and he's got the probably the, the strongest drive out of any man that I've seen. Even in the Marine Corps, in the Marine Corps, half the people don't even want to be there. You see somebody that like what they do, they're gonna be extremely successful at it. And this is something that is so hard to be successful at in a place where we're at. Like in California, there's so many people doing Muay Thai. There's so many people mm-hmm. doing jiu-jitsu. Mississippi, we've got maybe it, – it's not a wide variety of gyms. Like, I mean, granted, there's gyms, you know, here and there. But to make it in a spot like this, you know, where there's not – it's not a big city. And it's not a – you know, there's not a big town. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have anything great. But what we're making here great – is this gym Mm -hmm. and that's everybody that works here we want to see this place strive and we want to see this place big not only that we want to see people we want to we want to change people people's lives right and that's what we're ultimately here for we are the problem solvers you have a problem all right i i want to you know i want to shred some weight i want to gain muscle i want to learn how to fight and better defend myself because this and this happened we are the solution Mm -hmm. and ultimately like if you ever want to train here we have guys that are dedicated, ultimately dedicated, to help you reach that goal. Mm-hmm. I've seen it tonight firsthand. Yeah, man. Just whether it was out there with the kids. I mean, if you're a parent, like uh, Jake said it uh, time and time again, I don't know if we have it on the show, but just me and Jake talking is like, Alan, you have a child. And what is the most valuable thing for that child, boy or girl, when, it, when he or she leaves the house? Well, I'd like to know that they could take care of themselves. Right. That they have the self-confidence. That it doesn't matter the situation that they'll handle it. It's being taken care of right out there. Exactly. Not only that, he he teaches these kids some like the most important values of life: discipline. That is such a hard thing to teach to kids nowadays because... Oh, man. Like, most things like this, dude, I do a lot of coaching. Younger, yeah. uh, about that age group y'all had earlier. Yeah. Um, I would I would say it's like herding cats. Exactly. I mean, and, I mean there's there's no discipline. There's no, uh, there's no attention span. Exactly. And they'll just, like, shun you away and ignore you. 
Mm-hmm. And not a lot of parents can sit there and say like, well, I'll pick my kid up and I'll beat him with a tennis racket. You know, you don't hear like these old war stories like you hear from your parents. You're like, yeah. I got beat with a water hose. Yeah. <laughs> they made me go pick the switch. Oh, God. I had to I go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we hear a lot of stories of that. We say it firsthand sometimes where, you know, we'll see the kids just like, they'll, their parents will tell them something new, just turn away and walk away, and we'll see that. We'll talk to them and be like, hey, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's your mom and your dad. You should you should respect them, and you should do what they say. They know what's best for you. Yeah. And we'll teach we teach these kids that. We teach these kids integrity. If you didn't do, you know, if we say do these amount of punches or kicks or you do this, and you're sitting there doing nothing, and you're looking around to see if coach sees you, you know, mm-hmm. we make you uphold that integrity. Another thing is just discipline, just respect, honestly. Mm-hmm. If you, we we make we make sure these kids come out of here making sure that they know what respect is because some of these kids come in here and they're just they're kind of ill mannered uh, I'll just say that they're they're very ill mannered where they don't know like hands behind your back and making sure that you listen to the coach it's so simple mm-hmm. you know but you have some kids in there they look at the ground kind of like whenever you're that kid out on the baseball field and, and you're you're like the outfield you're just kind of like kicking dirt. Ooh, a butterfly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it keeps their attention span, you know, right on you. And it helps It helps these kids. I don't know which one it is. It's like ADD or ADHD. It's a bit of both. Yeah, it's like they can't focus. <laughs> yeah. Well, that helps it because we, as coaches, we, we help them with that. We'll sit there and say, hey, keep, keep your eyes or attention on Jake or Richie or Hannah. You know, we make sure that they are paying attention mm-hmm. because if they don't and they ask us, I don't know what to do. Well. How do you not know what to do? You just saw it. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think helping the kids is probably, I think that's a really good feeling. Yeah, I just started helping these kids, and it, it's slowly building on me that you have to have a little bit more patience, but mm-hmm. in turn, it's going to help them in the long run. It really is. They're going to grow up knowing what respect is or being humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know like Dustin and Leslie's uh, kid, Jags. Oh, I love that kid. Yeah, he's, a, he's in the program. and just like, Watching him here yeah. uh, tonight. It's the first time I've seen him here. But I know since he started here, and he loves it. Oh, he does, man. And just wrestling with him around the house, kind of got to be careful with the little guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's wily. Yeah. He's a, he's getting good. And these, some of these kids, man, whenever they, they get older, they're going to be killers. Mm-hmm. They are going to be in these tournaments just like winning gold left and right. Mm-hmm. Like these gold. are like six, seven, eight years old. And they're just dominating. I have trouble with these kids. And I have I, I do grappling every now and then, but these kids, they give me a hard time. And I was like, man, if you were my size, you would destroy me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And so just just for you and and for uh, what you're thinking for the future, what uh, what's your plans, if you could project? Uh, my dream is if I don't make it pro, which I also I, – I, I feel like I can make it pro one day. I feel like I'm, I'm talented enough and I have that drive to make it pro. Okay. But ultimately, if I, if I don't make it to the big time, I want to help others. I want to be – I want to go to Thailand, and that's one of my biggest dreams. Learn some, like, traditional – Exactly. I want to I learn, like, a traditional Y crew from, like, Sitsung Penang or Diamond, where me and Jake has talked about, talked about it a couple times. He's going over to Diamond or – I think it was a uh, super pro uh, Samui off coast Samui in Thailand, and that's that's where all the glory fighters, that's where the big name people go, and wow. glory is like my tip top goal. I don't know if I'm, I know I'm not at this point. I'm not talented enough 
to be there, but I have the drive and I have the passion to where I think I can get there. Mm-hmm. I'm a super. I'm, I'm super competitive too. If I if I lose, I'm gonna. It's gonna be double time on that work. I'm gonna pull myself through exhaustion. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, if I don't make it to the big time, I'm not worried because I'm gonna go to Thailand. I'm gonna get my mid holders like certificate. I'm gonna go to advanced mid holders, and I'm gonna make sure that if I train with anybody, I'm gonna make them sharp as like as, I, I don't even know, man. Just I want to make sure that everybody can learn traditional Thai, which me and Jake together, along with Hannah as well, like we we try to teach as traditional Thai as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, I have heard some war stories. Whenever uh, not even war stories, it's just good times for them, where they had. Uh, they had a Thai guy come in a while back, and he would play uh, Sarama. Sarama is the Thai music. Whenever, if you look at Thai fights, you'll hear that little like high pitch horn. Uh-huh. Uh, and they used to play that during class. And I was like, "That's so cool. Why don't we do that now?" Yeah, because it pisses people off. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear a high pitched horn the entire hour. Yeah, what they come here for. I want to help people. Like me and Jake. I like hitting mitts with Jake because he's super smooth on the pads. Yep. And I, I'm slowly getting to where me and him can work with each other and learn off each other. And then not only work, we build off each other. Me and Jake, I feel like, have a really good connection when we, and that sounds really weird to say that. that I mean, it's like coach to trainer or, you know, it's, it's fighter yeah. to coach. or Yeah, I mean, just every time I hit mitts with him, I can see these little minute things of him holding pads that I pull over to my style of holding pads, which mine... Uh, kind of, if you if you didn't notice, holding pads in Muay Thai is more of an art. You have to be smooth with it. I had no idea. Unload that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. If you ever see, like me or Jake hit like actual Thai pads, it'll it looks smooth, it looks crisp, and most importantly, it's loud. You can tell whenever you're hitting that pad, whenever that leather is popping. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not only that; it's we'll work each other. I feel like I, I don't get worked hard enough whenever I'm with somebody that's been doing it for a little bit, whereas whenever I'm working with Jake, as soon as I get done, I'm like, dang. I'm just as tired as he is. I'm, I'm so tired, but dang, that was good. Mm-hmm. Every time I've done it, every time that we have worked, I've got videos on my phone where I'm like, man, that's smooth. I'm so proud of it. it seeing y'all go through uh, some of the clinches tonight when y'all were going over the tie clinches. Right. You didn't even have to tell you, y'all were moving seamlessly is like you went into that wrestler stance to where you were real far back. Right. I was like, well, that would probably have been something that I would have done. <laughs> and, yep. There's your face <laughs> to my knee. Meet it. Yeah. And so just, and, but like seeing y'all go through the positions, he didn't have to tell you. You were already there. And so it's working in concert, kind of seeing that y'all do have that experience. And uh, Exactly. Uh, working with... Working with guys that have been, you know, especially in, in Carlsbad in California, those guys were just, like, anything that they did, they could have looked, made it look the smoothest cool with, man. Mm-hmm. They just made it look so easy, and I would be like, man, I want to be like that one day. Because that was, that was whenever the first early year that I started, I was like, man, I want to be just like that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you might think this is stupid, but at their prices, I wanted to get so good at one point. I had the money for it. So I was like, okay. I'm going to pay $700 for privates. I paid $700, and to this day, I still have four left. There's a lot of privates. That well, was that, that was me over around a three-month span. I was like, okay, $300 privates down, 
$300 private, 600 and it was like, hey, man, I'll give you the rest of the privates until your fight. Because that was before my fight. I was so... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood you. Yeah, I, it was like right before the fight. I was like, I will give you what is ever left in my wallet to get the rest that I need. And it was like, dude, don't worry about it. Just And I, I think over a span, that was maybe 30-something... 30, 30 yeah, 30-something privates. That's a lot. <laughs> And I think I maybe, yeah, I had 34 privates that I had done up to my fight. And it was like a week before. I was going to spend my last four up until my actual PKB. And I was like, dude, you don't want to do that. You're going to be exhausted. Yeah, you need to burp, okay. you need to rest. Yeah, but <laughs> I went from, that was from whenever I, I, I was going in and out. I was always in the field. And I was always just being like, okay, field time where I was just like shooting bang, bang, bang. Uh, and then I would go to the gym. Even being exhausted, getting back from the field, turning weapons, I would go to the gym and be like, "What's up, guys? I'm ready to rock." Yeah, and just, it, dude, it was so bad on me. It was so bad. Well, well, all right, brother, you ready to shut it down? It's good to sit down with you and have a little porch talk. Oh yeah. Till next time, brother. Take it easy. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, I like punk rock more than anything in the whole wide world, and so I thought I would Xerox words on paper and staple them together and sell them to punk rockers and others who don't know much about punk rock and for those who don't care and for those who don't deserve the privilege and also for those who are bored with it. I also don't know very much about punk rock as far as the history is concerned but I do have an opinion of what punk rock means to me. It means freedom. I'm bored or just uninspired. Maybe we're just taking a break a rest or recovery from hardcore. I never really liked hardcore, mainly because it was too macho, and there were so many intimidating rules. I remember when I first started hanging out with friends who were a few months more advanced in proper punk rock lingo and etiquette. I said, hey, let's listen to some punk rock. And this guy said, man, it's not called punk anymore. It's called hardcore. <laughs> Gee, it felt like a heel. Hardcore was an obvious mutation of 77 punk because punk popularity reached the suburbs and then all of a sudden jocks who already had short hair from the wrestling team got involved because it was supposedly an easy energy release and excuse to fight. I could probably explain why I never liked hardcore in a million different ways, but let's just say it wasn't my cup of tea. All you have to do is read the letter section from Maximum Rock and Roll from the past six years and you may understand what I mean. Kurt Cobain journals. And hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel left out and looked down on. Try your best, try everything you can And don't worry what they tell themselves when you're away You just take some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be alright Everything, everything will be alright, alright You know they're all the same You know you're doing better on your own So don't give in Live right now 
just do yourself It doesn't matter if it's good enough Someone else It just takes some time Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be alright Everything, everything will be alright, alright It just takes some time Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be alright Everything, everything will be alright, alright Say, don't rush yourself off yet It's only in your head you feel left out I look down on Just do your best Do everything you can Don't worry about their bitter hearts And what they're gonna say It just takes some time Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be alright Everything, everything will be alright Middle by Jimmy Eat World. I remember when that song came out. Good times. All right. Till next time, folks. Peace. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.